The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also, let us pray. O Lord God, tireless guardian of your people, you are always ready to hear our cries. Teach us to rely day and night on your care. Inspire us to seek your enduring justice for all this suffering world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading is from Genesis 32. The same night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female slaves, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him up on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. The word of the Lord. Please rise for today's gospel reading. Today's gospel reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 18, starting at verse 1. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, he, will he find faith on earth? This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated at this time. I invite the little Lutherans to come forward. All right, I'm so glad you're all here. Glad. Yeah. Are you still tired from yesterday, all the fun you had? Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet. Okay. So today, so how do you guys pray? Show, show me how you pray. You do that, and you put your hand on your... Okay. What do you say when you pray? When do you pray, actually? Let's start with that. Gunther. Before meals, when else? Is that it? When do you guys pray, Gavin, Grant? 
I know you pray. I've seen you guys pray. Before meals? Before dinner? Yeah. Before bed? Yeah. Okay. When do you pray, Jackson? We don't know? Okay. And how about you, Ava Marie? When do you pray? Yeah. So why do we pray? Do you guys know? That's right. So God could love us. God could be with us, engage with us. Is there another reason we pray? No? You can talk to God, right? It's like talking to your best friend. Yeah. Yep. How about something else? Another reason why we pray? Can you think? There doesn't need to be more. Just... Can you think of any more reasons? Yeah? No? Do you like to pray? No. No? Why? Is it fun? No. Is it boring? Yeah. Oh. No. No? Not boring. It's not boring. Yeah. It's boring. Okay. And then uh, how long do you pray when you pray? Like 100 hours. 100 hours? Wow, I'm impressed. I got to admit, I've never prayed 100 hours. Huh? 30 seconds. 30 seconds? Okay. 100. 100? That's pretty long. I don't think Jesus prayed 100 hours in one day before. Well, he can't. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a pretty long time. So, the reason I'm asking is because that's one of our themes today in the scriptures is about praying. And do you remember the story in the gospel where Jesus tells a story of this lady that keeps haranguing or keeps bothering this judge who could help her and he wouldn't do anything about it? And so he kept at it, or she kept at it, and she kept at it, and she kept at it, and she got really annoying to him. Do you know what that's like? When you keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over over again. Yeah, and so finally he, she wore him down, and she, she got him to do. And Jesus wants to make us think about how worship or prayer is like that, is that he wants us to bother him and, in, I guess in some ways, annoy him, right? What do you think about annoying God? Huh? Yeah. You think so? Do you think that'll be more fun? Just keep saying the same prayer over and over and over and over, over. No. no? But the point is, God wants us to always bother him, okay? To always be with him, to talk to him, to pray to him, to always chat all the time, okay? So here's my challenge for you this week, is can you more than just at, at, um, at meals, how about right before you go to bed, you say a prayer with your parents or your brother, okay? Can you do that? I do that like 200 times. 200 times? Let's do it 207 times. Once and uh, okay, we'll start with that and we'll go from there. Okay, so let's close with the prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for loving us and thank you for always wanting us to be connected to you, to bug you as much as we need and us more than even when we need, uh, more than we need. So we ask you to help us to find ways to pray and be connected with you always. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you guys. There you go. There you go.
Let us pray. Oh Lord, we're so grateful that this beautiful morning that we're able to gather again to worship you as always. That we ask you, as you always do, to continue to mold us, guide us, so that we live the life according to your will. But in the hearing of your words now, continue to transform and renew our minds so that we can be more faithful disciples according to your will. In your name we pray. Amen. So today's gospel text is rather fascinating. It uh, has two components to it. The first one is about justice. And Christian justice is not necessarily the kind of justice you think of. That justice is really about making it, um, finding ways in which we can bring people who have more shortcomings than us to bring them up to being to where we are. It's not about being fair, but about helping people where they need it to make it so that their lives are just as easy or as commendable or comparable to our lives as possible. And then the other part of our te gospel text is about prayer. And I find it fascinating that it goes that Jesus puts prayer and justice together. And then if you put all of that together with the first reading, you get Jacob. Now, I, one of my favorite characters in all the Bible is Jacob. Jacob is the, uh, I would say, the poster boy of the bad boys of the Bible. If you have, have you ever thought through the Bible and wondered why Jesus only used bad, quote-unquote, bad people? You know, Jesus tends to only use those who are perhaps the least perfect people in all of the Bible. And if you look at his disciples, and if you read, have read through their, uh, their life, the little bit that we know of their life before they were disciples, they were not exactly the type of guys you want to bring home to your parents. You know, they were the Harley Davidson, perhaps. No offense to those, you know. They were the ones with all the tats. They were the ones that were the foul mouth. They were the ones that are just not the type that, if you want to lead, lead a... Um, a uh, you know, reputable life, you would not want to hang out with them. And the Bible, though the Bible is replete with God working with those types of individuals, God works with Jacob, who stole, who lied, who just did many things. It's not that I don't want to get into Jacob's life at this sermon, but if you are, I hope you're familiar with it. But God doesn't walk away from him. In fact, God blesses him. Then you get later on down, you get Jacob, and you get the, the more imperfect um, uh, prophets like Jeremiah, who was only nine years old. You have Moses, who couldn't speak and who was a murderer. You have um, uh, Abraham, who was more than happy to sell out his wife so that he could live and, and sell his wife to, um, to the Pharaoh and so forth. And then you get into the, uh, the New Testament and you get the various individuals who God engages as the, their disciples. The ones I think of is, um, is uh, John, John and uh, um, the brothers. Uh, John and, uh, who is it? John's and James. And uh, they, are the, they are the sons of thunder. That's what their names mean. Yeah, and, ex and it's exactly uh, describes their personality. If you read the extra biblical writings of that time, like the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of St. Philip, and Mary Magdalene, what you find in those Gospels is that they detail a lot of these disciples, and they were just really not great people. They were disgusting in many ways, and extremely uneducated, extremely unsophisticated, extremely 
un, uh, not sociable in many ways. And yet God uses them. And then Paul, you know about Paul. He was perfect according to the eyes of the world, but he, killed, he was out to kill God's people. And God still works with him. And so all of this, when you put all these together, you wonder why is it that God always uses the imperfect people? And I've only used the men, but there are cases of, uh, of stories where Jesus uses the not-so-perfect women of the Bible. You have Rahab, you have the woman at the well, you have the prostitute, to name a few. They're not perfect. God uses the imperfect people of the world. And, and, then, and then when you go through it, you've got to wonder why. What is going on? Why does God tend to use them? Any ideas? Yeah, they're like us. But what does that mean? Well, you know, the only explanation that anything, has, anyone I've ever read that has ever made any sense to me is that when the proud people of society, the perfect people of society, they're too proud of themselves. They know they're perfect. They don't need God. But the people that tend to be most open to God and to the guidance of Christ are the people that know very well where they stand in society and often the very lowest in society. They know people don't respect them. They know people don't take them seriously. They know they have no shot of being the pillars of society. It is those very people that tends to be much more open to people who want to be with them, who want to work with them, who wants to be their friends. I find that in my particular ministry, the people I've really enjoyed are not the great preachers of my life, not the great members, but in fact, the most imperfect people that I have ministered <clears throat> that, have been, that have shown to me some of the greatest understanding of, of, of Christ-like ministry. And so as a result, it is those types of individuals who get it. But then how does that have to do with justice? Well, it makes perfect sense because those who are down in the deepest, darkest, murkiest part of the world know how deep and how unfair the world can be and how hard it is to get up to where they need to be, to just have a shot at life. Those who are up there can't imagine what it means to be down in the muck of society. That's why Christ never asks us to go out and serve the, those who have everything, but instead serve those who need us to bring them up to a place where they can have a fair shot at life, have a fair chance. And it is those people, the imperfect people, who are open to the guidance of God that, in, that, can get, that gets it, that can understand Christ and his teaching and is able to perhaps do something about it. And in fact, those disciples did. Because after Christ ascended to heaven, they're the ones that went and spread the Christian message. They're the one that made the message, the gospel, come alive in this world. And we are inheritors of that. It is not the Christian mess, uh, the Christian justice is ne has never been about being fair. It's always being about having a fair shot at life, a fair shot at living the life that God has given us. And we are called to bring everybody up as much as we can. And so that's what I, you know, the, the, the message of today's text is, is that the gospel message 
of today and always is really about us being faithful to God, serving God by bringing people who are down in the depths of despair, who have many things against them for whatever reason, and walking with them and being there for them and bringing them up the best that he can. And he exemplifies, or the, uh, the Bible exemplifies this in the story of Jacob, because Jacob was at a point of despair in this story. He's at the river Jabbok. He knows that behind him, at this point of the story, because he's le- spent a life of thievery, is that a word? And, um, and, and lying, that he has his uncle Laban coming. And his uncle is coming because he, when he left his uncle for the last time, he stole them some sheep and cows along with them. And then, and so, he knows that in the deep darkness at this moment, that he's got his uncle Laban. And back then, you know how you dealt with thieves, okay? And but, because he stole from his brother, he knows that once he crosses the river, he got word earlier that his brother and a band of military our army was coming behind or coming to meet him across. He's at a point of utter despair right here. And there's no guarantee he'll even make, make it across the river. He had to ford. There's no guarantee that, he'll, that he has anything going for him. He's at this utter depth of despair. And the story and the gospel, or the, the first reading takes over at this point. God comes to him at this point of despair because it's at the point when God knows he's finally open to hearing God. And that's the thing about these people that God works with. He comes to them when they're ready to hear them, when they're ready to let God guide them. And so at this point in the story, uh, Jacob is so, so down. He knows he's in deep trouble. He has nowhere to turn. It might be the only way out is might be to just drown. But that's not in the cards. And that's when the wrestling match occurs. And many people have argued, who is this guy that wrestles? Who's this random guy? And most theologians and I agree, it was Christ. It was God. God was wrestling with him in the physical sense. We talk about wrestling with our faith, wrestling with God in the spiritual sense. This is a physical wrestling match because nobody wins. God didn't want to win. God wanted to engage Jacob. And God, instead of distancing himself from this embarrassment named Jacob, he blesses him. And you know who else he blessed before that? A murderer named Cain. He blesses Cain. And so the point in all this is that God is inviting us when we read the gospel text to always be open to him. Don't let the things of this world distract us, but if anything, make a greater effort to be focused on Christ. This week in my in my um, study for the sermon, I, um, I came across the uh, research a couple years ago from the ELCA Department of Research. Did you know they had a Department of Research? Yeah. And they, they do a lot of research about congregational life. And so they, read that they did some series of research a few years back, and they released it a couple years ago, where they asked ELCA members, not national numbers here, just ELCA numbers, people, They asked the first question, do you pray? Most of them said yes. And they said, how long do you pray for each day? And they said, five minutes. To be exact, it's 5.35. What's that, like five minutes and 30 seconds? Okay, or 20 seconds. And then they said, where do you pray? Do you want to guess where most people said they prayed? 
The vast majority of people said this. Want to guess? It's not in the shower or bathroom, though I knew that would be questioned, or that would be mentioned. In the car, it's behind the wheel on their way to work. So they spend those, those, uh, those minutes behind the wheels praying. And they're praying for about five minutes and 20 seconds. And that's it. That's their prayer. God wants us more than that. God wants us to be in relationship with him way more than that. He doesn't want us to just wrestle. He wants to be with us. He wants us to wrestle with him every day. He wants us to be engaged every day. Because here's why. Because it is in our engagement with Christ, it is in our daily struggle with our faith in Christ that we get to see the injustice of the world around us, that we are called to do the work that is there. We are much more acutely aware of what it is that we are called to be. We, as Christians, are not merely just Christians. We are workers of Christ's gospel. We spread the message. We proclaim Christ resurrected. We have this gift that God has given us, and he's inviting us to share that. It is in the wrestling like Jacob had. It is in the constant communication that we are aware of in all the saints of the early church that we realize and see all the work that, we, that is needed from us, around us. And again, I've said this before, we don't need to do great things like Mother Teresa great. We just need to be faithful in what we do. And what God is asking us, what Christ is inviting us to do, is to be even more faithful. So if we pray five minutes, I invite you to double that this week. And every week, double it as much as you can. Let faith, let your life in Christ be the lifestyle that it ought to be, and let it be the center, your relationship with Christ be the center of your life. Let it be the main relationship, whether you're married or not. Let that relationship be the one that guides you everything you do and be the one that helps you in, in your life, but guide you in your life and also be the central tenet focus in everything that is your life. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that you continue to call us, you continue to invite us into a life of faithfulness, of struggle, but also of service. Lord, help us as we find ways to continue to increase our relationship with you, our prayer life, and find ways in which we can communicate. Help us to do so through prayer, through the study of your word, through worship, and through personal worship. Lord, help us to find avenues in which we can serve out your will for us so that justice in this world may be made known, may be made available and possible. Help us, Lord, to see all the injustice of this world and help us to bring up those who are deep down in despair, who need our assistance, so that we can bring them to the point that they can feel God's presence and have a chance at life. Help us, Lord, also, though, for us, that as we serve, to see you more visible in our life so that the world around us becomes a manifestation, a constant manifestation of your glory, of your presence. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Please, sir.
number 439.
Let us confess our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Sustained and nurtured by the, our generous God, we gather as one to pray for the church, the world, and all of God's creation. O oh Lord, as the fall gives to um, the cooler weather, keep us ever mindful that the seeds that are, that are now laid continues to live, continues to prepare for its glorious rise in the spring. Let that be a reminder of our continual hope in you, that when despair comes, when depth of darkness appears, that you are there and we shall rise with you. Lord, we are grateful that you continue to surround us with all the nutrients and all the sustenance that we need in this world. We give thanks to all the farmers and all those who make our lives possible with the food that we eat. As we drive around and see combines roaming the fields, collecting and harvesting all the food, we lift up to you the dutifulness and the faithfulness of the farmers in their work. Bless them and allow them to know that their work is godly work, the work that gives life to the world. Lord, we lift up to you all those who continue to do your work in other ways, who continues to give life to the world also. Those who seek ways to make lives of those who are in despair much easier. Social workers, teachers, people who are advocates, CASA workers, and all those who find ways to help those who have many strikes against them find new meaning in this place, in this world. Help us, Lord, to be part of those who advocate for your people. Help this congregation to lift voices of advocacy when it's needed so that those who, are, who for various reasons need voices to help them, they can rely upon us. And help us individually, Lord, to find our voice in this world, to find ways in which we can lift up your gospel, your love, to a very often scary and dark world. Give us courage to do so, Lord. Give us the will to do it and the resolve to speak when we need to. And Lord, for those deep down in their own despair, those who are in their own darkness right now, help them, Lord, to find you. Maybe it is through us or through others, but help them to know that you are there and use us, Lord, in any way possible to be your voice, to be your love, to be the agent of grace that they need at this time. Lord, we lift up to you all those who cannot be with us this day because they're traveling, because they're vacationing. Allow them in their time of respite to know that you bless them in their rest 
and, allow, and protect those who are on the roads who are traveling, that they are able to do so with safety. Lord, we lift up to you those who can't be with us this day because they're recuperating from illnesses or surgeries or for whatever reason that prevents them from being with us. Especially, Lord, we lift up to you Herman, Bruce, Natalie, Hulda, John, Eileen, Ray, Robert, and Letha, Roger, Wilbur, Shirley, Randy, Ed, Edna, Thelma, and Cindy, Carl, and Carol. We especially give thanks to the, for, the, for Robert's successful surgery, for Shirley's positive and continual improvement in her recovery. Lord, we lift up to you Cindy as she continues to uh, battle against her cancer. Lord, we're so grateful for all the people you give us in this life, and we ask you, Lord, to continue to bless us as you, or bless them as you have blessed us. Now, Lord, we are, once again we lift up to you this congregation as we continue to seek ways in which we find are to find new ways to do your work in this community. Open our hearts, open our minds to your guidance, to your wisdom, and to your creativity and imagination so that we can be a place of relevance, of hope, and of ministry for all those in this area. Lord, we lift thee, this and all the other prayers, trusting in your mercy through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now you may be seated. God, our provider, we bring nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it except the gifts you have first given us, which we bring to your table, and with them the offering of our lives. Nourish us now with the life that really is life, revealed to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Now receive the benediction. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Almighty God bless you with grace, mercy, and peace, now and forever. Amen. Now,
Go in peace, live in love as Christ has loved us. Thanks be to God. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share that peace with one another.